Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and today, once again, we're at the LTC University Provider Conference, and we have my friend Pamela Duncan. She's the Chief Compliance Officer at Agape Care in South Carolina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and today you've been talking about compliance. I have. We've been talking about um, the ever-shifting landscape of compliance during the COVID pandemic. So before I worked for hospice, um, I, I had a ministry background. I worked at churches for 20 years. I had no idea that there was... I knew that things had compliance. I knew, but I had no clue how much there is to know and it is just crazy i was a volunteer coordinator when i stopped started and i thought oh this is going to be easy there's no compliance things with volunteers <laughs> this is uh, this has got to be oh my gosh there's <laughs> so much compliance just with volunteers and hipaa violations that you have to be careful of just a slew of files that have to be maintained and kept neatly um and i'm not an organizer I'm a talker and I can go out and recruit all day and I love doing that. But I had to find some other people that were uh, um, on the disc profile C's. Yes, <laughs> of course I am. Yep. I could have told you that uh, right before we even started because <laughs> if that's your job, you have to be. So Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what you do for, for Agape Care and and kind of that's the broad spectrum of what you do sure so it's my role to really um stay in tune with the ever-changing landscape of regulations and then not only to know them but to translate them into systems and processes mm -hmm. so the staff don't have to worry about knowing every single little letter of every single regulation they just need to show up do what they're supposed to do in the way yeah. that it's been set up and then they'll be compliant mm -hmm. and so it's my role to translate all of that stuff yeah all of that regulatory language into day-to-day -day systems that ensure compliance and that also ensure high quality patient care right so i remember a, a long time ago i was talking with a chief compliance officer a former one and they were talking about enticement and I was on a phone call and there was a bunch of people on the phone call. And I said, I said, Hey, I said, was it okay that I took four doctors out for a round of golf? Um, you know, and she just got really quiet <laughs> <laughs> and then she went, Jamie, please tell me you didn't do that. I said, I'm just kidding. Don't <laughs> worry. And, but, but that stuff matters. It matters a lot. And, and it's right too. You know, and it's hard because people who aren't from the healthcare industry, the the practices that are commonplace, mm -hmm. to, you know, you're rewarding customers for loyalty and those yeah. kinds of things. I mean, even at the grocery store, you got loyalty cards. Yeah, those kind of practices are ingrained in our society. So mm -hmm. then you go into healthcare; those practices aren't permissible. Yeah, and so it's it is not only important, but it's counterintuitive to the rest of our lifestyle. Yeah, and they shouldn't be permissible. Because right. people, because of who you know, it's all about good care. Correct. And that's what it protects. And, and I've seen, I remember going to a assisted living and I, it was during Christmas time. And we brought a small tin of cookies and, and you know, we we're giving it to an administrator and said, hey, thanks so much for working with us, which was all within our, our you know, uh, compliance. 
And I asked her though, because I knew her pretty well. I said, let me ask you, what's the nicest thing a hospice companies brought you this year? And she said, it was a $200 spa card. I said, wow. I said, (laughs) but that's what you're playing with. And so Mm -hmm. that's what, that's why these laws and and these things exist to keep that from happening. They don't want any provider's medical decision-making to be clouded by benefits that have been given. And so, yes, mm -hmm, that's why. Absolutely. Now that's the surface stuff. Let's get into (laughs) that's one piece of the surface stuff. That's one piece of the surface stuff. Um, Talk about what you kind of share today and kind of give us an overview of that. Sure. So we talked a lot about COVID-19 waivers that have been put in place. Um, We actually went through the history of waivers, how they get issued, why they get issued, um, what CMS has the power to waive and what they can't waive, what they don't have the authority to waive, like HIPAA. They can't waive HIPAA. And so we talked about um, their purpose in these waivers being to ensure patients, <clears throat> excuse me, patients have access to care mm-hmm. during this pandemic. Um, right. That is their ultimate goal: is to ensure patients get the care they need. Absolutely. And so all of these waivers have that. You can see that theme running through every waiver that's been issued. Um, that they are trying to expand the capacity of the healthcare system and reach patients where they are. And mm-hmm. so we've seen a lot of waivers in the telehealth space. Um, a lot of waivers on um, what practitioners are eligible to use telehealth, what codes can be billed to telehealth. And um, so we covered a lot of that current state, what the waivers are, and then what we think might happen future state based on some interviews and some articles that um, CMS has released. Right. And, you know, this is a, I think I look at compliance because the world's not black and white. Right. It's not. It's a lot of gray area. But compliance is helping us make it more black and white so we don't make the mistakes. Right. So we don't make the the problem, you know, these things. And with COVID, it's something so new. It's like it's the Wild West again, you know, in healthcare. Yes. And it changes every day. I mean, you go to the CDC site and literally every day there are eight or ten updates to what their expectations are of providers, various providers during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it's ever evolving. And I I sort of, on the one hand, I sort of wish things were strictly black and white Mm because my job would be a lot easier. Yeah. It's the interpreting the gray that's when I really have Mm -hmm. to think and look at the risks versus the benefit and the intent of the regulations and really provide insight into what we can and cannot do. That's when the job gets really difficult, but also fun. It's fun. It is. Yeah, I think it is. It's fun for the C personality type on the disc. (laughs) Well, we like to be, you know, in the box. You know, we like to know exactly what our parameters are. And so I describe my position as imagining it like you're bowling a ball down a bowling lane and you've got the two gutter areas that you don't want the ball to go in. But anywhere in the middle of that, you're pretty safe that you're going to hit at least some Mm -hmm. pins. And so it's my job to tell you where the gutters are so that you don't get into that place. Mm -hmm. And then within that, you can do whatever you need to do to bowl your game. And so that's kind of how I look at what I do. And that's a great, and man, if we had that for life and we do have some of those things, we have some, we have laws, (laughs) um, but man, even uh, it would just make things so much easier. Yes, so, it would. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the big changes that you've seen since COVID started? I've seen um, 
Specific to access to patients, it's been somewhat limited, um, either from inability to reach them where they are, mm-hmm. to their hesitance to, to come to us. Um, so I have seen patients, uh, unfortunately, despite CMS's best efforts, I've seen them go without care. Mm-hmm. More than I've ever seen in, in my time, my 25 years in healthcare. So yeah. that's been um, something I've seen. But I've also noticed the um, frequency of regulatory changes as they learn more and try to adjust and, and, they, and the government does try to meet patient needs. The number of regulatory changes and waivers and things and the frequency coming at us has been tremendous. And yeah. so that's been, a, a, it's always fast paced. But during this pandemic, the expectations change almost day by day, whether yeah. you should test or don't test, use this test or use that test. And it's been um, keeping up with that and, mm-hmm. and keeping um, all of my uh, leadership team apprised of what the expectations are that yeah. day has and been that, different. Yeah, because you I mean, we're not talking just a few people and even all your nurses and your social Correct. workers, your chaplains, your volunteers. I mean, right. Keeping all that straight is not simple and and takes time. And so when it changes day by day, you don't have the luxury of time. Right. So that's been um, the nimbleness, I mm-hmm. guess, of healthcare has right. been very different. And yeah. I'm proud of providers because mm-hmm. we have been nimble. We have been able to adjust and adapt yeah. and incorporate CDC and CMS expectations and yeah. and still continue to push to meet patient needs. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And so with our, our founder, Scott Middleton, we record a podcast called The Disruptive Podcast. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that. You know, mm-hmm. COVID's a horrible thing. Yes. We don't like it. But there has been some good things because of it. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think making us more nimble, making us, you know, a lot more flexible. Yes. You know, is a good thing. I think being able to reach patients where they are. Yes. Know, it, that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That is a good thing. Absolutely. And in and, and, and hospice care, you definitely are reaching them where they are. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about telehealth. Mm-hmm. Telehealth was not that used that much. Right. Um, because it wasn't paid for. Right. Now the government's opened it up. It's paid for. Yes. And I hope it's here to stay. So Seema Verma has said from CMS, she heads up CMS. She said, quote, I can't imagine going back. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that um, quote was very telling. And she went on to say that she can't imagine beneficiaries now who have gotten very comfortable receiving care in their homes and through telehealth type processes. She can't imagine then taking that away from them. So I do think, um, I think that this opening up of telehealth is here to stay. I don't know what it'll look like exactly because these waivers can't last forever. Mm -hmm. But I think we'll see regulatory updates that make a lot of these telehealth changes, a lot of these avenues that they've opened up. I think Mm -hmm. they'll become permanent. That's my opinion. And I hope so because I can't even imagine, you know, just in regular health care, going to urgent care. Right. That's the worst place to go. Everybody's sick. Everyone's sick there. So I I had a a personal experience Mm -hmm. because I forget sometimes um, that I'm a grandmother of four and I cut a backflip into my pool and strained my back and I was able to um, touch base with a provider through telehealth and this was right before these waivers right but the provider couldn't help me because what I needed 
couldn't be done via telehealth. Right. Today, it could be. And yeah. so I ended up having to go to urgent care mm-hmm. when the provider and I both knew what I needed, but yeah. it couldn't be provided. Had it happened today, we would have been able to take care of it. Absolutely. And and, and this really break that down. You hurt your back. You had to go somewhere. First of all, getting in a car, yes. it's not comfortable. I almost wrecked in the parking lot because yeah. my back seized up with my foot on the gas and I couldn't yeah. get my foot on the brake. Right. So that's one thing. You could catch something while you're there. Right. Could have been the flu. You, could have been You never know. Could something have been coronavirus. Else. Who knows? You know, then if you do go to urgent care, my last urgent care visit lasted 30 seconds with the doctor. I'm not exaggerating. He came in and said, yep, this is what it is. Have a good day. And he walked back out the door. I didn't even have get to ask a question. Wow. 150 bucks. Yes done so how much better is this right it's not perfect no it's we're still learning uh best practices it's not perfect but man we're able to do so much more provide better care quicker care right because i mean you call your doctor's office right now it's three weeks if i can get on demand chinese food how can i not be able to get a provider when I need them. I mean, yes. in this country, when there are yes. incredible providers all around us, how can I not access healthcare when I and, need it? And that's the one thing I learned when I when I moved down here from Ohio and got into healthcare, and I realized how archaic it was. Absolutely. I, I love technology. I'm a tech guy, but then to see, wow, we're still sending fax messages. Right. <laughs> it's very archaic. It is. And sometimes it's because the regulations are a little bit slow to change. Right. So I am proud of CMS and their innovation work because that's where telehealth got its start sure. through their innovation center. I am proud of the work they're doing, trying to um, adopt new technologies and new mechanisms to bring healthcare to patients that's quality and that is cost effective. Mm -hmm. So I think as that center for innovation continues to thrive within CMS, we're going to see more and more of this utilization of technology as long as we can do it responsibly as providers. And it's cheaper too. It's another benefit. It's so much cheaper to do a telehealth visit. Right. Um, I think it's some of the other innovations we're having. We use the remote patient monitoring at South right. Carolina House Calls. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a story here recently. It literally saved a person's life. She was having a heart attack. The person at the call center was paying attention. They got a flag. Hey, some, something's going on here. They got family members there. They got EMS there. Literally saved her life. And see, that's another example of CMS removing Mm -hmm. barriers because Mm -hmm. originally you couldn't do that because if it was something you provided in a patient's home, it could be considered an inducement. And so they had to come in and say, no, we see the benefit of this. And so I see them constantly trying to get out of maybe their own way, to Mm -hmm. get out of provider's way and really allow us to do what we know we need to do for the patient. And like I said before, it's not perfect. There's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to need to be changes. Yep. But man, it's so much better than it was. (laughs) Absolutely. We're we're making progress. Every day. Yeah. And that's great. What what do providers need to know? Because a lot of them are are scared. They, They, when they think of compliance... They're a little gun shy. I've I've heard them. It's a scary word. It is. Um, the scarier word is non-compliance, and I think that's yeah. the real fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think providers need to know that every compliance person that I've ever met with 
really at the heart of it just wants to be a resource. Yes. I know I personally, I'm not clinical and I want to ensure the patients get the care they need by staff that are confident that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And so my part, I can't be at the bedside providing that hands-on care. Mm-hmm. My part is to really support the staff that are doing yeah. that by giving them that framework of what should be done and what shouldn't be done right. so that they're confident in their decision-making and they, they're not having to be hesitant whether they're doing the right and the ethical thing. Mm-hmm. And so most compliance people that I've ever encountered really just want to be a resource sure they just want you to reach out Mm -hmm. yeah and i think too providers have to be willing to do that too right put down your pride (laughs) yes you can't know everything you know a lot you know that's why they're providers that's they go to school a lot longer Mm -hmm. than i did um but you don't know everything and that's okay you don't have to know everything it's what teamwork is all about they know how to heal and comfort and support mm-hmm. that patient, yeah. something I can never do. Mm-hmm. So they just need to use me as the resource to get through all that regulatory language and yes. help them do what they know right. how to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and know that you're on their side. You're not, yeah. um, I always tell people, you know, some businesses are trying to catch people doing stuff wrong. Right. Try to catch them doing something right, you know. Oh, and, I love it. And, and obviously, if something's doing something wrong, we want to correct that. We want yes. to help them. And I can't unsee it if I see something that's wrong. Exactly. I have to see it and I yeah. have to speak to it but and address it. But you're so. there to, to steer them in the right direction, keep them right. safe, Yep. keep them out of a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the keep company. them right in that bowling lane so yeah. that they can get a strike. Exactly. Yep. That's that's perfect. A perfect analogy for that. So good deal. Pamela, thank you so much for being on the podcast and uh, we really appreciate you being here at the conference. Um, It's great. I know our providers are are appreciating you and and all the uh, wisdom you shared. Thank you so So, much. Thanks a lot. Just a couple of announcements. Every single month on the first Monday of the month, we have an event called the Community Leadership Assembly. You are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits at this event. You'll hear from a couple different speakers and we're going to provide lunch for only $10. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you come to 1626 on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. You won't regret it. Also, if you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC University podcast, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We'd love for you to check us out on social media. You can go find us at LTC University on Facebook. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.